0: During the dog days of summer, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to keep cool and chill out under the scorching sun. Nevertheless, people need a pastime or sport so they don't pack on any of those pesky pounds. Stand up and stretch with me as we take a saunter into summer sports on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English, You got it. it. Hello, 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 and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI. And I can't believe it. But this is the second to last episode of our second season. So I couldn't have done it without you. It has been an amazing two seasons so far. And I'm really excited about the third season coming up in September. So that said, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, now would be a great time. You have almost 60 episodes. And if you're patrons, you have 120. That's right, because you have access to bonus audio as well, So you've got tons of content to keep you busy for the next month. And if you guys haven't left a rating yet, well, now would be a good time. If you're enjoying the program, the podcast, if you like it, if you're learning, it just takes a minute. If you go over and leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts, that really helps me out and it makes us much more visible. I really appreciate it. And of course, I love reading your comments. Comments and feedback. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, FYIers. It's been an amazing two seasons, and I can't wait to kick off season three. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we had none other than my mom on board, and that was a very special episode. And next week, we'll have our final episode of this second season. So you've got so many different topics to explore and much more still to come. If you haven't figured it out yet, today we're talking about summer sports. We did an episode on winter sports as well, so I only thought it was fair for us to do one dedicated to summer sports. And especially because when this podcast comes out, this episode, it'll be smack dab in the middle of the summer. And smack dab Dab in the middle is en todo el meollo, as you would say in Spanish. In the intro, I said that during the dog days of summer. During is durante, evidentemente. The dog days of summer. ¿Y qué es esto de dog days? What is this? Well, dog days of summer are the hottest days of summer. Then I said, you've got to do whatever you got to do. Hay que hacer lo que uno tiene que hacer. To keep cool. And to keep cool is refrescarse, to not overheat. To not get dehydrated, which is another thing that can happen in this scorching summer heat. And there was another word we use: scorching, abrasador. You can also say sofocante, scorching. It's a word that we often associate with the summer, scorching. Also with the, the sun. It was a scorcher. Eso es una forma de decir que fue un día muy caluroso. And everybody needs to keep cool and chill out. As I said before, chill out to relax and keep cool because it's hot out there. Let's be honest. We love summer, but it is a scorcher, at least where I am right now recording this podcast. Do you want to know something? I'll be honest with you. I literally have beads of sweat dripping down my forehead, and beads of sweat son gotas de sudor, and my forehead is mi frente. So as soon as I finish recording this episode, I think I'm going to participate in some summer sports. Then I went on to say in the intro, nevertheless, you know, of course we need to keep cool. We need to chill out, but we also have to keep active. So we need a pastime or a sport. And when I say to keep active, I don't just mean our bodies. I mean our minds, too. And I guess that's one of the reasons you guys are working on your English. So mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, there's a time to chill out, but we don't want to turn into a complete vegetable in the summer either. Well, I guess you could turn into a complete vegetable, but then, as I said, you're going to pack on those pesky pounds oh there's that alliteration again to pack on pounds is poner eh, kilos we say libras evidentemente and pesky is molesto and no matter how hard i try i always put on a couple pounds in the summer well if you remember last summer what were the episodes we did barbecue beer need i say more Then you guys heard me blow a whistle, soplar el silbido, el pito, hice un silbido, and I said, stand up and stretch with me. A lot of S's there, stand up and stretch, ponte de pie y estírate conmigo, as we take a saunter into summer sports. And what is a saunter? Well, a saunter is como un paseíto right? Uh, Pasear una caminata. And that's exactly what we're going to do on this episode. So let's stretch because, well, we don't want to have sore muscles afterwards. And if you remember from our gym episode, to have sore muscles is estar con agujetas. Or you could simply say to be sore. I'm going to give you guys a little disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. I'm not too sporty. Yeah, I'm not what you would call the athletic type. And many of you guys know I like sports. I like playing sports. I like doing activity. But I'm not the sporty type. No matter how hard I try, I've been more of a beach bum. And a beach bum es literalmente un vagabundo de playa. Alguien que está tirado en la playa. A beach bum. Yeah, well, that's because I feel like life is a beach. ¿Conocéis esta expresión? Life is a beach means la vida es un sueño. Not to be confused with life is a B-I-T-C-H, which means la vida es muy difícil. So make sure you don't pronounce those words the same because those two expressions mean the exact opposite. But some are sporty. I know many people who are sporty. I see people running up and down the beach and the mountain, and I'm actually quite envious. I wish I had that will, esa voluntad, or as we call it, willpower. And if you remember in our gyms episode, I told you that I never really got into going to the gym. One of the things I love about doing sports or doing exercise is nature. Fresh air, the great outdoors. So this is probably my favorite time of the year to be active if I'm going to be active. And something tells me I'm not alone. So we're going to go over some of the most common summer sports and some of the vocabulary around these sports. And in the bonus part of today's show, we're going to look at some water sports. We'll also look at some really cool expressions that you can use for sport and in the summer. And all of that is in the bonus part of the show. Remember, every week there's a bonus episode for patrons. So if you guys are interested in getting bonus audio to accompany each episode and pdfs and classes with me on a weekly and monthly basis it's all happening over at patreon.com just go to patreon.com slash alberto alonso and find out about our amazing community and that said i'd love to send a shout out to all my patrons thank you so much for being the most rockin' students in the world and a special shout out to all my super duper students javier francisco tony roberto jose maria mila alex patricio edgar and loles and don't forget about my interstellar students carmen diego pilar and diana If you want more information or if you want a free sample, contact me or just go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and take a look around. We'd love for you to join our curious community and learn so much more than just English. Now, one of my favorite things to do in the summer is hiking, senderismo. To take a hike is ir a hacer un paseo de senderismo. But it also means vete a freír asparagos. So if you tell somebody take a hike, you're telling them either vete a dar una caminata por un sendero or vete a freír asparagos. It'll all be in the tone. But I got to say hiking is one of my favorite ones because well, you're getting that fresh air, you're using your legs, your arms, your core... And when you get to the top, usually, there's an amazing reward, and that reward is a bird's eye view of wherever you are. A bird's eye view is un visto, una vista de pájaro, I think you say in Spanish. So, like when I hiked in the Alpujarras in the south of Spain, I remember, okay, I was tired, but when we finally got to the top... It was worth it. It was so rewarding, tan gratificante, just to look at the, you know, the people below and how the the trees looked like little fake trees. It's it's just an amazing way to see the world to get some exercise, and to get some inspiration as well. So there's hiking and walking in general. You don't have to go hiking on a trail. You can just walk along the beach. Uh, They say that speed walking is one of the healthiest things you can do. This trend, it's actually a new craze. It's been popular for many years, but I've been reading a lot about speed walking lately. So these are things that almost anybody can do. You don't need much equipment to do these walking, hiking. Okay, you might need a car to get to the national park or whatever place you're going to be hiking at. I I think you don't need too much. Maybe some hiking boots, and that's about it. Maybe a jacket, that's it, and you're ready to go. As we'll see in some of these activities, well, it requires quite a hefty investment. Uh, Just think about how expensive a surfboard it is or surf lessons so some of these sports as you'll see you can do for peanuts muy poco dinero and others well they'll require uh, an investment at least if you want to get into it full time which is another thing people do when they start doing a new activity or they take up el verbo compuesto they take up a new activity or sport well one of the first things that they do is is they rent. And I think that's a great idea. Hay que alquilar. When I first went snowboarding, which is obviously a winter sport, but I'm using this as an example, I said, I'm not going to buy a snowboard until I know that this is something that I really want to do because $500 for a piece of wood I don't know your budget, guys, but for me, that's an investment. Es una inversión. That's got to last a long time. So that's good that you have schools and renting options so you can try a lot of different things and see which ones work for you. Another one that you can do for pretty cheap, I mean, the only thing you need is a bathing suit. Unless you're on a nude beach, una playa nudista, then you don't even need a bathing suit. And I'm talking about Swimming. Okay, granted, you need a pool, you need a lake, you need an ocean, you need a body of water. But once you've got that, the swimming part is pretty easy. No sweat, in the literal sense and in the figurative sense. No sweat es que no sudas, pero también no sweat es sin problemas. Todo bien. Now, I have to say, I'm not an expert swimmer, though. I love swimming. I enjoy swimming. I've been swimming since I was a little kid. But I I looked it up. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember all the different strokes. And the strokes are the different ways that you move when you're swimming. So the five major swimming strokes are backstroke, breaststroke. Then you have one that's very challenging, and that's the butterfly. Have you seen that one? I tried to do that for like a minute, and, and I'm dead. I am out of breath and uh, about to drown, ahogarme. So, butterfly. Then you've got freestyle and side strokes. So, these are called strokes in English. These different forms, these different ways of swimming. And we have an expression in English that is different strokes for different folks. I think you say in Spanish, para gustos. Los colores. Different strokes for different folks. And strokes aren't only used in swimming. No, no. They also use strokes in golf. People talk about how's your stroke. Uh, your golf stroke is how you swing the golf club. Do I strike you guys as a golfer, te parezco un uno que, que juega al golf? No. I I don't have the look. Well, that's you got to think about that. Golf, aside from being a sport, a very popular sport, uh, it's got its own look. There's there's, you know, a special signature to this sport. Uh, 18 holes, we call them the same, agujeros, but my favorite kind of golf is mini golf. Are you guys with me on that? I mean, okay, 18 holes That could be a long day chasing a ball around, but mini golf, I love mini golf. Some of my earliest memories are playing mini golf. Oh, another golf that I like as well. I guess I like the the less structured golf, the, the less involved golf, and that's a, a driving range. I don't know how you call this in Spanish, but a driving range is where you go and you hit golf balls. You whack them really, really hard and really, really far, and you know what? That was a really good way to vent. I remember doing it when I was in college, before a big exam, a friend said to me, do you wanna to go to a driving range and we'll we'll hit some golf balls? And I said, well, I don't really like golf. He goes, no, 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 man, trust me, this will be great right before our big exam. So we went, we went early in the morning, we went to a driving range and we started whacking. I got a bucket of golf balls and you wanna know something? I aced the exam. Ace, como as y la palabra ace es aprobarlo facilmente. And also, ace comes from tennis, which we're going to look at in just a moment. But I have to be honest, I've never played real golf, like 18 holes at a golf club, and that's an interesting word. Un club de golf is a golf club, pero también el palo se llama a golf club. So, remember this sentence, there are lots of clubs at golf clubs (laughs) okay it's a bad joke but if it helps you remember it great but one thing that golf has been accused of though is being elitist golf is not a sport that is accessible to everyone and well firstly you need a lot of space You need grass. You need a lot of people to maintain that. You need water. So it's a lot more expensive than, let's say, hiking or swimming, which all you need is a mountain or a body of water. So some people complain that this is a sport that, you know, people who live in underprivileged areas, well, they don't really get to enjoy it. As I said, I'm not a big fan, but I love going to the driving range, and anytime you offer me a game of mini golf, I am in. And a great expression that we have that comes from golf is it's par for the course. And it's par for the course literally means that it comes with the territory. So if you're learning English, you're going to make mistakes. Obviously, you're learning. It's par for the course. And as I said, that brings us over to tennis. We just looked at the word ace, which comes from tennis. Do you guys play tennis? You want to play doubles? The good thing about tennis, or one of the many good things about tennis, is that you can play tennis all year round, todo el año. You can play tennis in spring, you can play it in the summer, you can play it in the winter, and you can play it in the fall. It doesn't matter. But I imagine playing tennis in the summer is better because, well, you're working on your tan, right? You know, trabajando ese bronceado so you look good. And obviously, there are many, many sports that have come from tennis, such as paddle tennis, which is very, very popular now in Spain. You've got ping pong. I mean, who doesn't like a good game of ping pong? Well, I consider it like a a mini tennis, almost a harder tennis Because have you seen, like if you get some really good ping pong players, you can't keep your eye on the ball. So they're all related in some way. They both use two different courts. Uh, Court es cancha. In fact, we can get another expression from there. The ball is in your court. El balón o la pelota está en tu tejado, which comes from tennis. And the expression I gave you before, to ace a test, is to do something easily. Well, what happens when you hit an ace in tennis? It goes in and the other person can't even hit it. So you got that point easily. It makes sense. And if a person is an ace, es un as, es un crack, como decís vosotros en español. So tennis, the ever popular sport of tennis. Yeah, You need courts, you need rackets, but I think it's accessible to almost everybody. And all you need is a racket, as I said before. The word racket, though, is a very funny word because racket also means noise. So a good way to remember these two, ya sabes la palabra raqueta, the tennis players were making a racket when they threw their rackets for example. It's a good way to remember it because you already know the word racket. Oh, and a racket is also an illegal business. See, three words for the price of one. One of my favorites is volleyball, but not just any volleyball. I'm talking about beach volleyball, sand volleyball, another one where you're working on your tan. And one of the greatest things about playing beach volleyball is when you take a break you can literally go into the water, you know, cool down a little bit, and you're back and you're refreshed and you're ready for the second inning. No, inning is baseball. Como se diría? Oh, you can tell I haven't played beach volleyball in a long time. And a popular word that we can learn from volleyball is to spike the ball, which I think you say is hacer un remate. You spike the ball, and obviously the word volley. Te suena a una palabra en en español? a volea aha so they were volleying the ball means estaban pasándolo a volea it all makes sense when you start to think about it another classic one is the frisbee how could we talk about summer sports without talking about frisbee and i know what you're thinking alberto tossing a frisbee back and forth is a sport well it depends If the other person makes you run, I know some people who I have to tell them, I'm over here, not over there. (laughs) So it can be a sport. Absolutely. But there's also something called ultimate frisbee. And it's so popular in the United States now that it's just called ultimate. And it's similar to football. It follows some of the similar rules of football. When I say football, I mean, obviously, American football, except the players are not allowed to run with the Frisbee. So if someone passes you the Frisbee, you can only move one foot to pivot. It's kind of like basketball, but without dribbling in that aspect. But this is so popular. There are tournaments all over the United States, and it's played with a Frisbee, something that you would play fetch with with your dog. To play fetch is este juego de ira por la pelota. Another one that's played with a frisbee, and it's very popular in the area where my parents live, uh, northern New Jersey and in New York, there's even a, a park near my mom's house where they have these, they look like garbage cans, but they're made out of chains, cadenas. And you play something called disc golf or frisbee golf. And there are 18 holes, just like golf. And you have to throw the frisbee, just like golf. And you got to get it into that chain, that kind of garbage can type thing. And if you get it in, great. Of course, if not, well, you got to keep throwing until you get it in. It's a lot of fun. I remember playing it a few times with friends, disc golf. So I guess what we're seeing is people have taken this thing that's so simple, frisbee, which in fact, you know how the frisbee was invented? It was actually the dish that was used for pies, para las tartas. And someone turned it around and said, wait a second. This is a toy. We can throw it back and forth. And then other people said, well, we can make a sport around this. And then other people said, well, we can do it too. And before you know it, the frisbee is still the king of summer sports. Speaking of kings of summer sports, also skating. This is very popular. I think of Venice Beach in the United States in California. You've got roller skating, and well, from my generation, Inline skating or rollerblading. Some people don't like to call it rollerblading because that's the brand name. But many people say rollerblading or inline skating, which was invented in nineteen seventy-nine in Minneapolis in Minnesota. These guys, Scott and Brennan Olsen, they were brothers, they did they decided to take the wheels off their roller skates and put them in a straight line instead of, you know, four different corners. And voila, the inline skate, or as they called it, rollerblade was invented. And I used to rollerblade a lot, but lately I've had some problems with my foot. You guys know also I had a knee injury, so I've been avoiding uh, rollerblading. I still have my rollerblades. Who knows? Maybe I'll get back on them one day. On deck, we've got baseball. ¿Y viste lo que hice ahí? On deck es una expresión que viene de baseball. If you haven't heard that episode, give it a listen. There are tons of great business expressions in there. And on deck es el próximo bateador o el próximo porvenir. So on deck, we've got baseball. The only thing about baseball, though, is you need a team. So you need, you know, at least you need a first baseman, you need a handful of people on each team to get a baseball game going. And another popular one, too, is softball. If you remember, it's baseball, same rules, but it's played with a bigger ball. It makes it easier to see, easier to hit, and it's pretty competitive. As I said, in the United States, you'll see softball leagues, uh, even between companies. Different companies play against each other. So baseball and softball, they go hand in hand, but you need a team. Another sport where you need a team is basketball, but you don't necessarily need a team. I mean, if you want to play a game, you need a team, but you can always do a a one-on-one or a two-on-two. Or you can play horse. Esto es cuando tienes que deletrear palabras, horse, or out. Lo que decimos is to shoot hoops, ¿no? Echar una pachanga would be to shoot hoops. So that's another way uh, to keep yourself in shape, to work on that tan, and you don't need too many people, like in the case of baseball or softball or soccer. There's another one, soccer as well. Oh, and I can't talk about baseball without mentioning kickball and what is kickball it's baseball played with a bouncy ball and instead of hitting the ball with a bat you kick it this is a classic american game kickball as you see we like to make a lot of different hybrids ibridos and don't worry soccer fans i'm not going to forget about soccer how could i it is the universal game And there's a reason why soccer is such a popular game, at least in my opinion. And I think it's because you don't need too much. I mean, you got to make goalposts, but you can use a shirt or a shoe. And if you don't have a ball, you can roll up a couple pairs of socks and kick around that. And if you've seen it in Latin America, in some poorer areas... That's how people play soccer. So this is kind of a game that doesn't exclude anyone because really all you need is a ball. But there are people who haven't let that hinder them either. And to hinder es frenar o parar. So as you can see you have so many options we didn't even talk about water sports yet. We're going to talk about water sports in the bonus part of the show we'll also take a look at some sporty idioms in the bonus part of the show and some summer songs to get you pumped up. And to get you pumped up is energético mentalizado. So we're going to take a look at that and much more in the bonus part of today's FYI.